0: Welcome to The Father's Heart with Tom Clark, better known as Papa Tom.
1: Good morning, this is Papa Tom with The Father's Heart Talk Show. Here bringing with you a connection with a good friend of mine, Pastor Steve Heimbusner from Montana. Can any good thing come out of Montana? Well, I found somebody who came out of Montana and he is a good thing, I'll tell you. He, uh... Is one of the few people in the country that I've met that I find on the same page with me on almost everything we think about, and we just encourage each other left and right on different subjects. So today we want to talk about the seed, specifically the seed of the woman, and how we track that down through time, because it's so critically important, I think, in today's world, what we see is the power struggle that's going on, uh, over power and control in the world, and as it expresses itself, is a battle going on between good and evil. And in the battle between good and evil, the seed is very, very important to follow and get context to that and understanding with that. So uh, that's the subject matter. Remember, our mission statement is always to bring the hearts of the fathers to the children, and the children to the uh, the children to their fathers (possessive case), their fathers lest I smite the land with a curse. You know, two weeks ago, the Lord showed me, because I didn't use the last part of that scripture for almost a year and a half, and because I didn't understand that I was also, I thought it would create fear. Well, we've passed the point of creating fear because the, the um, curse, lest I smite the land with a curse, we're already there. And the curse is fatherlessness. So in those scriptures from Malachi uh, 4 6, lest they smite the land of the curse. In America, we are experiencing the curse of fatherlessness. Now, Pastor Steve has actually written a book that counteracts the curse. And when he introduces himself, he's going to show us a copy of this book. So, Steve, share with the audience a little bit of background on yourself. There is called to be men. What our Western Society has stolen from men by Pastor Steve Heimbischner. So, Steve, introduce yourself to our audience.
0: Hi, I'm Pastor Steve Heindersner. How are you today, Tom?
1: I'm doing fantastic. Um, Awesome. So, uh, Steve and I, like I said, have had had these conversations over the last year, I guess, or so, on and off. And um, we're talking about this particular matter, and it really comes back to this um, issue of the first prophecy that came out in Scripture in Genesis 3:15 about the seed of the woman, and I shall put enmity between your seed and her seed. Let me read it uh, directly. Where it says, And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed, capital S. And he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Now that's the fore, uh, foretelling of the Messiah. It says something in there that's inferred that that woman... The seed of the woman, women don't have seed. So, so how is that going to work? And a, another scripture that's important to realize that in Genesis 1, it says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. So God created, so then God blessed them. So after God created Adam, called the man and the woman both Adam, did not call Eve Eve. Adam called Eve later, after the fall. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. You notice he didn't give them dominion over other people, other human beings. Exactly. Only the different <coughs> realms exactly. of creation. And so that brings us to the point where uh, we're understanding that seed was so important. It was tracked, bloodline was tracked through the generations. And uh, it's coming down through Abraham. A lot of the Jewish people, um, the Pharisees, when, when Jesus was talking to them through John 8, they were tracking, who's your daddy? And they basically referred to themselves as the seed of Abraham. And he basically said, if you were of the seed of Abraham, then you would listen to me. But as it is, you want to kill me. And therefore, you're of the seed of your father, who is the devil. That was a pretty direct and harsh statement he yep. made to him. So what are your thoughts about seed, Steve?
0: You know, the, um, it's amazing. We talked uh, quite a bit about before, a little bit about understanding seed. You know, as, as we look at the importance that God only made male and female, there's in the animal kingdom and male and anything, it is male and female. You can't get away from it because that's the nature of God. Everything is done by seed, time and harvest. Everything is done that way. And so when we start to look at the importance of seed, but also to look at the foundation of where seed comes from, Mm -hmm. And then, of course, we get into the importance of understanding what there are some vessels of honor, some vessels of dishonor. Which one, which seed is there? And, you know, when Eve was, when God was speaking to the devil that he said they're going to, the seed of a woman. Now, remember, the seed of a woman, as she does, you know, and I know that she doesn't have seed. But she has a a spirit or a place of something to come from or go to. And mm-hmm. and that's what's so amazing as we start to look at because the seed of a woman, what is gonna come from her, what is gonna come from the bride. Mm-hmm. And if the bride doesn't have that that same thing, then that's not where the seed came from. So we, we gotta understand a lot about understanding where is this seed of a woman mm-hmm. and where, why we came from that seed yeshua mm-hmm. came from that seed
1: of course right
0: so, and, and it's interesting
1: that the uh, the purpose behind the covenant that god made with abraham or abram to begin with before he became abraham was for the purpose of the seed coming forth it was going to come through his loins it was going to come through his body said, the lord said specifically now, they try to help it out a little bit. He got he got Hagar, the handmaiden, okay. <laughs> and it wasn't working. He was 75 years old when he Absolutely. left Haran, and he gets to uh, the Promised Land around Hebron. And uh, he's 86 years old. He still doesn't have a son. And so he goes, Sarah says, take my handmaiden. We've got to make this help God out a little bit here. And uh, he creates a child out of wedlock. Now, that's another interesting thing, right? Because... You know the thing in scripture that talks about generational sin And the generational sin right. is four generations Except for two sins One is illegitimacy And the second one is incest So Hagar or Ishmael was born out of wedlock And um, yet um, And that's a, that's a ten generational sin that, comes, that goes with that Yet when the angel of the Lord appeared to Hagar After Sarah kicked her out he, the angel of the Lord tells Herod, come back into the Abraham's household, Abram's household at the time, and he eventually, Ishmael becomes circumcised, which is amazing to me because he was not of the seed of the woman. The seed was not going to pass through Ishmael, yet God, in his generosity and graciousness, brought Ishmael under the Abrahamic covenant through circumcision. So we're back here again With um, Pastor Seem uh Heimbishner and, and he was speaking about Abraham When he was um, Abram and he was Went into uh, Sarah gave her, her handmaiden Hagar to him To have a child To make good on the promise that God gave him But he was going to do it his own way And we're catching up with the thought right. That uh, Abraham did not have the Abrahamic covenant yet God hadn't changed his name yet And, and uh, nope. this, this child was born So then we track it from that point To um, Abram is 86 years old And um, uh, the child is I believe 13 years old Ishmael The angel of the Lord sends Hagar back to his household to stay with him, he comes back under his household covering, and God appears to Abram and makes a covenant with Abram. It changes his name to Abraham, which there's an interesting thing I want to cut with, uh, introduce on that. This okay. is something God showed me. God's name is Yahweh, okay.
0: Y-H-W-H.
1: Okay. Each Hebrew letter symbolizes right. a Hebrew word. The H letter in Hebrew symbolizes love, and the W symbolizes man. So in God's very name, Y-H-W-H, you have love packaging the man. And when God changed Abraham's name to Abraham and Sarai's name to Sarah, he put the H sound of his name, which symbolizes H, on the back end of Abraham and the back end of Sarah. So the first part of the covenant is that, second part was land, and the third part was circumcision, which we'll get into in a minute. But I know you have thoughts on your mind, Steve, so I don't want to go too fast ahead of you.
0: (laughs) You know, Abraham had to have, the purpose of the word hey is also the re-understanding of revelation. Mm -hmm. When Yahweh gave the uh, other H to Abraham, it changed his name to having revelation as to, to who he is. Mm-hmm. And so the same thing with Sari. Sari was a masculine name. Mm-hmm. Sarah is a feminine name. So for the seed from Sarah had to be the correct female uh, genealogy in order for the seed of revelation for from Abraham to connect. So there had to be a seed of Sarah and a seed of Abraham in order to make the covenant. Hmm. And that's what's so vitally important. So what you got is incredible revelation mm-hmm. of why this is so vitally important that people understand who they are mm-hmm. because they came from that seed. Right. And that's what's so important. And that's what what God told Sarah I mean told Eve that he the seed of a woman which would be us
1: it also underscores the fact Amazing. that men fathers are given the responsibility to name their children because words are so important names are so important and the name indicates the calling and destiny of a child if you look at uh, Zechariah when he, he was with Elizabeth and he was mute. They didn't want to ask for who was the name. They, they couldn't go to Zacharias at the time. So they went to Elizabeth and for John the Baptist's name. And she says his name is John. And all the people at the bris, which was the eighth day celebration where he had to be named, the father didn't have a, uh, couldn't speak. So they went to the mother. They said, well, we can't get the name from the mother, Elizabeth, because the mother doesn't name them. It's the, the father that names them. So they gave Zacharias a slate and he writes the name John which is the same name that Elizabeth gave but it was the father that was naming him John and then his mouth began to speak so we see that was one instance the other instance is where Jesus asked the disciples who do you say that I am and they mentioned well some say you're Elijah some say you're uh, John the Baptist sometimes you're um, Jeremiah and he said no I don't ask you other people say who do you say that I am and that pipes Peter and says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus looks him in the eye and says, blessed are you, Simon bar because flesh and blood did not reveal that to you. But my Father in heaven is the Father in God's design that names the children. And so that brings us to the other point.
0: Absolutely. About and that's.
1: The X point was. Yep,
0: a, you know, the, and that's why Adam had to name the animals because. Only what he names does he have authority over. Correct. And that's the same thing with us. Right. We can only have authority over what we name.
1: Amen. And when we do have authority, we have the right to name. It goes hand in hand with that. Absolutely. So let's get back to the the, uh, covenant and circumcision. Why circumcision? Why circumcision? And why with the male? Why wasn't there was no sign in the female? It was only a sign in the male. And why was circumcision, why did God choose circumcision as the sign? Any thoughts about that?
0: Are we ready? Can we talk about that or do we got to take a break? We're good. Okay. Okay. All right. First of all, everything is about a threshold covenant. Okay. So when you step over a threshold, like if I were to come to your home, and I stepped over the threshold. Mm-hmm. There is an implied covenant called the of hospitality mm-hmm. and so I'm there to make sure that I I kiss the mezuzah. I know that the, the mezuzah is on your door uh, which is a symbol of covenant and the symbol of threshold. So I walk in. I am honor bound to do that. Now everything that we have is Understanding a threshold coming into something, okay. So when intimacy is made or intimacy is about to happen, the wife, of course, is the threshold. Mm. The husband has to cross that opening of of her with his. Uh, circumcised vessel. And so when he steps into something that was blood was shed on him with the circumcision, Mm true. And so when that blood was shed, when he penetrates her, the hymen is broken. Blood was shed again. The hymen has a bit of blood. Blood and blood are now together so that blood that marriage covenant is now sealed forever Mm -hmm. because it is sealed by blood if there is no circumcision of of the heart or of, of the member there is that that's a problem that's why there's no covenant and that's why most marriages today don't have that and they don't understand because there was no blood is shed when, whoever, with how many other people. right And then the curse goes on and on and on. But yeah, when when you understand uh, the covenant act of marriage being the way that God made it to be, it is a blood covenant happen. Both parties, the seed of a mm-hmm. woman or the blood that was shed mixes with the blood from the husband and then when the blood emits seed that's also blood now blood mixes with blood and the covenant is formed
1: see i think i understand exactly what everything you're saying but my thought about why god chose circumcision for the male was because he was a seed bearer the male sperm was a seed bearer so in his interaction with the yes, female absolutely he was he was bearing the seed so he was this this is one of the things which was so important because they said if the, a male was not circumcised he would be breaking the covenant a non-circumcised male absolutely. would be would be breaking the covenant so you would have to have a covenant absolutely. relationship absolutely. for this to to occur and so uh that's in why fact, th- you can't that's
0: you can't even go into the temple if you're not circumcised exactly
1: All right so but again tracing the seed of the woman which again women don't have seed but the male has the seed the male is the one evidencing of as a seed bearer right that he's coming forth with the covenant that's why god used it that way the other interesting part of it is ishmael who is not as we would see Jewish, if you will, and not of the seed of the woman. God was not going to bring the the Messiah through the bloodline of Ishmael, but he still was in a Abrahamic covenant relationship, because as thirteen years old he was circumcised, which that's is just right. an interesting phenomenon. That's right. So, so I think the uh, that's uh, these are very very important points to bring forth. Um, we talked a little bit briefly about perhaps that Jesus only had an X uh, D chromosome because males always carry the, uh, the gender. A woman's uh, egg is always an X and the male sperm brings in the X or the Y so the gender is either female or male depending upon the sperm coming from the, the male, the seed of the man bringing it into the, the uh, impregnation, the zygote if you call it that. And uh, since Jesus didn't have a human father, wasn't Joseph wasn't a human father? It was God the Father came, came uh, Holy Spirit, basically the one that created that being, and there would be no Y chromosome. It was even though he was a male in terms of figure, it was not. Uh, this is only inference. It's not in by scripture by by proof text. It's there by. Uh, inference or metaphor if I call it that uh, indicating that perhaps he was just X X marks the spot and with that we need to answer another question hold your thought for a second we need to go on to uh, (laughs) our next segment (laughs) Aleph tav, that you mentioned before, in the original Hebrew, in Genesis 1-1, they slipped and never translated the Aleph tav in the earliest translation of the Bible wow. in the Septuagint, which is the first early earth where they have the translation. They translators left it out. And not only do I believe it begins, that, right. that states with Aleph tav as beginning and the end, but it also is an indication of language. Because the Aleph is the first letter of the Absolutely. Hebrew alphabet. And Tav is the last letter of that. So God had to create language before, so that the whole creation would understand what it was he was saying when he said, let be, light be. Okay. So
0: Absolutely.
1: We want to talk about, uh, the, besides the aspect of uh, transhumanism and control, The thing that we're dealing with right now in this last section we're talking about is transgender. Transgender is an illusion. You cannot change a male into a female and a female into a male. It is just horrific that the illusion you can do this is causing the mutilation of people's uh, and children's, what's even worse, genitalia, so they cannot reproduce. So what are your thoughts about that, Steve, about the whole transgender aspect from the demon's evil perspective and then God's perspective?
0: Simply it's murder, Tom. You've murdered a child. You've murdered an an entity. You've murdered someone that was supposed to be able to uh, take another generation. You have murdered not only a person, you've murdered a nation that was supposed to come through that person. Um, and so that's what I, I, I look at. It's, it's, it's the stopping of what God intended for that person. And the enemy put a lie upon that. Now remember, what's also very serious is Yeshua said this, anybody that deals or harshly with a child, it would be better for them to have a millstone hung around their neck and thrown into the sea. People that are doing this have no understanding as to how their demise is horrible and and what they are doing to an innocent child. And they're purporting a lie. And that and that's where it's all at. These and parades so, this Yeah, month. I've, I've got
1: These parades this absolutely. month where they're saying we're here, we're queer, and we're coming <coughs> to get your children. We're coming to get your children is their yes. chant. And it's it's blatant and it's brazen Absolutely. and as it's, it's demonic from hell. Now coming after the children Absolutely. to change their uh, their ability to reproduce. They're now more aligned to being in the image and likeness of Satan because he can't reproduce. Yes, let me let
0: me give maybe and maybe another input here you know here's what's what's so sad uh, about that is that not only are people starting to look at you know the the lie of who they are and, and being able to be a male or a female because as you look at some of the new um what should i say surveys that are out why is there such rebelliousness amongst our youth what is the number one thing that's going on number one it's no hope. Two. Is I don't, I am not valued. Now, when some child that doesn't feel like they're valued, doesn't matter what the parents say, we got a good home, all that kind of stuff, doesn't matter. It's what the child feels. Mm-hmm. And so if that child doesn't feel valued, and then they find out here's a drag queen that says, well, I love you, I want you, I, and everybody's looking to belong. And when you've got a wounded heart, a lie on a heart, and it says, I want to help you, they're going to be there. Mm-hmm. And that's where we, as the church, need to step it up. And the only place you can find that welcoming is on Shabbat. Because when you come into crossing the threshold, they come into the Father's house. And they're welcoming.
1: They don't know who Amazing. they are. They they feel, you're saying before, affirmed. Absolutely. Affirmed, affirmed they, before they even get to affirmed, they don't even know who they are to begin with. And the only way they can find out who they are nope. is from a father, a father who helps them understand Absolutely. who they are, and that's where their value starts to build, right from that point. And without you know, that coming to them, they're, you know, they're lost.
0: This, you know, one of the things that I tell people, I said... God gives your son and daughter a man in which they make the standard of all men from there on. Mm-hmm. That's how they'll judge every person, mm-hmm. by who their dad is. Not right. their mom, right. but by their dad.
1: That's why I told my my two of my children, I didn't know this when they were, the first four got married, but the last two boys, a young man, I said, look out for a Female a woman if you're looking for a woman to be a prospective wife of yours find out what her relationship with the father If she's got a good relationship with the father Absolutely. She's more likely to have a good relationship with you But if she doesn't have a good relationship with the father and she's wounded by, by either the absentee father or not having one there You're gonna have some problems you're gonna to have to deal with and one of the more interesting things I told you in one of our talks previously was I was having a talk with God the father And he told, you know, Tom, that you used to tell your sons to look for someone as a wife uh, who had a relationship with the father? I told the same thing to my son. And it was God the Father as Yahweh saying to me he talked to Jesus. And when Jesus was looking for the bride of Christ, he says, look for the bride of Christ who has a relationship with me. That relationship with the Father. And that's what we're doing with our mission statement, bringing the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to their fathers. Because... We don't we want to take away the curse of fatherlessness in the land and Absolutely. the things that we're bringing is 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 a desire to have people understand that that kind of a relationship can exist and it's covenantal it's a covenantal relationship coming into the family and that when we talk about um, our Jesus dying for us and, and and what he did for us on the cross, it's to have a relationship with the Father, to bring us into that, that union with him, to bring us into that covenant with him, Absolutely. and to experience the love that God the Father has for us. And he's taking care of everything we've ever done. And uh, that was something that, you know, um, was a little humorous between me and the Lord, but or between me and the, my father, but he was... Uh, Mentioning something that I used as a pattern, he, he repeated it back to me as something that uh, we should think about. Um, so,
0: Right. You know, you saw, you brought up the hole in his side. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's what he did. That's why it's so vitally important. See, he came for that hole. All the three and a half years was about that hole mm-hmm. so that he could open the door to allow us to cross the threshold That hole is a threshold. And for us to be able to cross into that threshold, into the house of the Father, into the Torah, which is really what it's about, because Uh, Yeshua is the incarnate Torah.
1: And soon as that spear went into his side, what happened to the curtain in the Holy of Holies?
0: That's right. It's got split to allow us to be able to come in. Why do you think in, in Acts twenty twenty one, 21, Acts twenty one twenty, the Paul, I mean, uh, Paul is there and James says, look at Paul, the myriads or hun- tens of thousands of Jews are coming into the Torah and they're zealous for the Torah. Why? Why would they be coming in? Do you know none of those people ever got to hear the Messiah? None of them. Hmm. But why would they come in? Why were they coming? Because they could embrace the covenant again. Because remember, they were divorced. Now they found a way they could come back into the covenant, which is what you had started in the first place tonight.
1: Right. And cool then, stuff. Yeah. And how circumcision was a sign of that um, of that covenant. Yep. But it goes much yep. oh, longer yeah. and deeper than all that. So uh, yes. tell our audience how they can get in touch with you. If they want to get your book. You know, or, we're...
0: Uh, we're They can, and they can go to ELCCMT.org, which is our website. Uh, They can go to my email, which is PastorSteve at ELCCMT.org. And my phone number, which is 406-699-4346. And um, however they want to get in touch with me, and, and you can order the book on Amazon
1: don't you also give training
0: to to get it that way
1: called to be men can't you also can't you also do training
0: yes yes we have now just got it up online and through our website that they can take the 12-week course and uh and it's a powerful powerful course incredible
1: that's really good it
0: gives the man the instructions of how to give his wife what she wants and how to be the dad that his kids desire mm-hmm. and so yeah amazing stuff okay but it's also for women too because we call it proverbs 31 woman instruction
1: Mm-hmm. you know it's interesting when when they talk about a man and a woman uh leaving their father and mother it really talks about the man leaving his father and mother but the woman doesn't she actually goes from her father to to her husband and she really looks as her husband as as a replacement of her father and and that goes against the feminist movement but (laughs) not too bad (laughs) it's the truth right
0: But, but that's why the girl usually marries somebody just like her father
1: yes she wants to really replace, she wants to go from father to father because it's in a father's heart from a That's godly right. perspective to protect, provide, and to mentor, right? So the scripture talks about Absolutely. a husband washing his wife with the word, right? It's mentoring to her in, in like being a spiritual leader of her household. If a, if a woman cannot look to her husband as being the spiritual leader in her household, where, where is that going to go? You know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so but she, it, the sad part is he doesn't know how.
1: Well, uh, that's also true. Was but, but they're not trained because young boys are not trained to be fathers. They should read your book.
0: And and where does training and where does training start? Oh yeah, it starts at Shabbat on Friday night.
1: It's amazing how it it, it, life sometimes seems very, very complicated. But when you boil it down to basic, simple things, and the scripture is such a basic in many ways. I mean, so many levels to it. But at the first cut, it is such a, um, how should I say, a, uh, a book of instructions on how to live life and how to uh, enjoy the um, being that God created us to be and, and to go with him in terms of learning. As, in our journey through life, how could we go through our journeys of life without the Word of God? It's not possible. It's not possible uh, to do it successfully. Yeah. I mean, you could probably live in some way that way, but you can't live full of life, life or joy or peace. Yeah. And in this crazy world that we're in, with all the things that are causing fear to us, how could you overcome all the fears if you read newspapers, if you allow the thoughts to come into your minds, here's another one I wanted to talk to you about, and that was that the use of changing words, because words, embedded in words are thoughts. And when you change the words, like woke, changes a lot of the words, changing the pronouns, for example, which is one of thousands of examples, you're changing the way people think. So if you can change their thinking process you can have power over their thoughts. And this, this again, is another satanic uh, process to control our thoughts. And yet, you understand from Scripture, we are triune beings, spirit, soul, and body. Our soul is composed of our mind, our will, and our emotions. Satan cannot attack our spirit because it's above his pay grade but he can go to our soul and he can attack our bodies, he can attack our souls. And his main focus point on the soul is our minds. That's why he uses pharmaceuticals. What does pharmaceutical mean? Pharma comes from the word sorcery, which is to control our minds. The changing of words, changing of our history, knocking down statues to change our history, is to change our minds, to change our thought process. It's all an attempt to control us. This is where the seed of the serpent yeah, is, is becoming absolutely brazen. And that's why we're uh, at the door Remember, the beginning stages of the apocalypse, which means the uncovering, and to take ah. the lid off. The very word apocalypse means uncovering or to take the lid off. And that's what's happening in our world today. But what do you do when you take the lid off? Where do you go? You can only really go to the word of God, and that's the place where if you take the lead off, you better have something to replace it with, <laughs> because you want to have a filter through which you can see what's going on. Perfect love, scripture tells us, casts out all fear. There's only one place we, any individual can get perfect love, and that's from God the Father, and
0: Absolutely. that's what the word
1: of God is there to give that's us, it. is the perfect love, and then it doesn't disturb us. It just It's like water off a duck's back. I don't care what they're saying. I don't care what they're attacking us with. I don't believe it because it's a lie. And because it's a lie, I'm not going to be afraid of it because my father's word is true. And my father's word will always be true, every dot and tittle of it. And he's going to be the one that's going to bring me through any of this thing that I see in the circumstances of my life. So what is your thoughts about words and changing them in thoughts and uh trying to control our thinking process
0: Um, well you know that's exactly we've we've talked much about this because if you change the words you can change the culture Mm -hmm. And, and that's what they're trying to do with gay and different like gay pride and i mean just different woke and uh critical race theory and i mean all this stuff that's going on is the purpose To change a culture and instead of to take it away from the intended culture that Yahweh had for us, in which to go contrary to what was given to us in His word on how to live. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's so sad. And our children are growing up with that ability to change the words. Mm -hmm. There's many times my grandchildren may say something to me and I've never heard it. And uh, it's frustrating to me because I don't know what they're talking about.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's, it's incredible. But it's, it's to change. It's, it's all about change. And that's why when, even like during Vietnam, what did they talk about a Vietnamese person? They named him a gook. Mm-hmm. Why? So that they could justify making them less. What did we do to Native Americans? We made them names mm-hmm. so that we could justify making them less. And that's what happens in our culture today. With whatever we're doing, we're making them less mm-hmm. in order to control them. Mm-hmm. So. Hmm. Very sad. Very sad.
1: It is sad to the extent that they succeed at it. And then people like you and I, if we come against us, against them, we wanna, they want to cancel us. They want to censor us. They don't want free speech. And if you don't have free speech, you don't have freedom. That's why the very first uh, right in the Bill of Rights was to, the very first amendment in the Bill of Rights was freedom of speech, freedom to assemble, freedom of religion. It's all about communication going on uh, through the freedom of speech. And we live in a world where in the universities today, if you wanted to speak against what the narrative is, what the work the woke people want to present they they don't have want to have a dialogue they don't want to have a discussion it's so idiotic what their position is but they don't want to even expose the idiocy of it they want to just cancel the other people and not let them talk um and it's uh,
0: absolutely absolutely you're so right on i i, I hope this telecast goes everywhere mm-hmm. and uh, because there's so few people. Education is the key. You know, we uh, without education, we, we can't do anything. Uh, you know, Eric, uh, Diedrich Bonhoeffer said this, at least he's credited with it, that to do nothing in the face of evil is evil in itself. Right. And, and that's compliance. why your program is so important. Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: Fantastic that's why your program,
0: your program is
1: so important. I love, yep. it. I love the book and, and that that's uh, why it's so important. Eric Metastas wrote a book, Letter to the American Church, that I just read. And it's an yes! incredible book.
0: Yeah, just got it. Yeah. Yep.
1: Go to the yep. chapter 14 where it talks about justifying ourselves. You'll be incredible about the effect of religion or the spirit of religion, the false spirit of religion, has on Christianity. And it affected the German Church in the 1930s, and how it's affecting the Church today. That everybody is so religious, but they are not in the truth. And they would they would that's spend right. so much time. And
0: that's the sad part.
1: Yeah, they would spend so much time trying to justify themselves, that they wouldn't tell a lie. To the Gestapo, they say "Oh yeah, we're hiding a Jew in the basement, right?" Because they wouldn't tell a lie, because That would be They could be condemned for telling the lie, whereas it's the love of God is to protect the life of the the human being that's living in the basement. Anyway, it's a a very interesting chapter 14. Of all the chapters in that book, it just stood out at me as, uh, wow, it's like really hit home in a lot of ways because I confront it all the time and what people I'm doing. All right, so Steve, this is great. I'm glad to have you on the show. We'll have to do it again sometime soon. I look forward to meeting you and maybe coming out to Montana. Or if you're ever in Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, definitely drop me a line. All right? So take care. We'll see you in a little bit. Bye-bye.
0: All right. Shalom,
1: shalom. Shalom, shalom.
0: listening to The Father's Heart with Tom Clark. Join us again next Thursday morning at 8 right here on News Talk WSIC.